Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, welcome back to Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. Uh, episode 119. 119. And if you're watching this, you'll notice something that you don't normally see. I have got a can of pop on the desk. R- normally, Rick, you don't like this, do you? I don't like it now, if I'm dead honest with you. But, but you've uh, let me off as a treat because we've had some stress this morning. A little bit of stress. But, <laughs> but hey, you guys don't need to worry about that. On your commute to work, to the office... Whether you're going on a little walk with the dog, whether you're playing mm. a game of golf, yes, you don't need our stresses on you. No, we, we'll take the stress. We'll take the stress of doing twenty minutes of pure podcast entertainment, then find out it's not recorded. But any, anyway, we overlooked this. It's not anyone's fault. <coughs> Matt. <laughs> I'm joking. We overlooked this. We overlooked this. Anyway, guys, we have got a fantastic episode coming your way. Uh, we just wanted to very quickly because obviously this is a Tuesday, and if you hardcore Tuesday listeners yes. are listening, you might have overlooked. A little cheeky podcast we released at the back end of last week. If you have overlooked it, it's your fault, nobody else's. But we had a podcast with one of the best golfers in the world, Victor Hovland. He's the fourth best player in the world, and we had him on the podcast, and it was absolutely fantastic. Again, if you've not had a chance to listen to it, go back a few days. You'll see it on Friday. We also released a video on the main YouTube channel, which we only do for special guests. Yes. So if you want to watch it as well, do so. Um, I think it caught people a little bit off guard. But if 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 you have missed it, you might think, oh, my God, I've got two to listen got to. two treats. You thought you are in the clubhouse. Oh, no. Well, that- you've just taken a wrong turn down a one-way street. Yes. And you've got to back up and go back. Yes. Listen to Victor, then come back to this one. Sometimes... People in the modern day, we get too reliant on technology and we get lazy. For example, we get in our car, we put Google Maps on and we just end up at the destination. But what if Google Maps is wrong? What if we don't have internet signal? We need to have some nouse about us. So as much as I love our hardcore Tuesday podcast listeners that are really in the clubhouse, you can't just expect it every Tuesday. Every now and again, a little sprinkling of a little surprise and you've got to be on the ball. And if you missed it, now's your chance to redeem yourself and listen because it was very, very, very good. Um, also... We we recorded this on the Monday, ready for the Tuesday. We we bumped into each other on a weekend. It was very strange because <laughs> I, I walked past Rick and said, "Hiya, Rick!" And you looked at me and said, "Who are you?" Sorry, Who's, who, who are you? I don't pay Do to each other on weekends. You, you want a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, no, uh, you went to the driving range twice this weekend, right? I did. Well, um, it's no no secret that. Um, a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned 
that one of my closest dear friends, um, Pete Styles, <laughs> who works at Trafford, what's his actual role at Trafford Golf Centre? Director of Golf. Director of Golf, Trafford Golf Centre, had heard my um, envy of you having a, essentially a black card for the driving range where you could go whenever you pleased and just get free balls. So Pete, being the great guy he is, um, the great coach, the great bloke, great father, great friend, said, Guy, you can have a black card if you want. <laughs> I said, Pete, do you mean that? He said, yeah. And he regrets that decision <laughs> ever since. I think he does. Because you've roasted it. I have absolutely... It's got to the point like where it's almost worn out, the card, because it gets put in the machine so often. It's not black anymore. No, it's, it's, got like a, gr- a- it's a grey. <laughs> I've got a grey card. Um, so I went on Saturday. My wife was going out on Saturday to see one of her friends. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to head to the range and whack a few. By whack a few, um, it's three... 58 degree wedges. Okay. Looseners. Looseners. Two seven irons, full swings, long drive comp. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the 75 balls then are on the long drive comp. On Saturday, it was going well. I was hitting some. The wind, what we said, we've said this before um, about Top Tracer. We're both big fans of it. Huge it, fans. It feels like now, no disrespect to drive engines that don't have it. I know it's a big investment, but when you're to drive engine now without some level of technology, it literally feels like hitting balls to a field, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And um, so I went on. honestly, Top Tracer genuinely has changed practice. 100%. For, it, for every, funny story on that Sunday, yesterday, there was, there was three lads next to me, young lads, having a bit of a knock, and, and kind of they saw that I was on Top Tracer. And it was only then they discovered it was now free. Oh, yeah. Their eyes lit up. They were like, no way. Straight away they were on it. And the enjoyment level for the half an hour of practice prior... To turn it on oh, top. it must have doubled. That was maybe a four out of ten. Yeah. When they turned on Top Tracer, 9.7 out of ten. <laughs> well, I went on Saturday, and the good thing as well is with Top Tracer is it tracks the golf ball. So if it's wind into the face, clearly it doesn't go as far. Wind behind it goes further. Saturday was wind behind day. So I was hitting some good shots and getting some decent distances. Woke up on Sunday and thought, I'm not doing much till later on to Liverpool play, and he won the League Cup final. I'm going to go to the drive range again. So I got there. Again, same routine. Hit, hit, hit. Driver came out. <laughs> opened up. Just minding my own business. Opened up my Top Tracer app to see that Ed, who worked with us, had been that morning and hit quite a decent drive. He must have gone quite early. He must have done. I think he was hungover. wanted to try and freshen himself up. Okay. I then texted into the group chat and said, um, sorry, Ed, but I'm going to have to drive you here, mate. So next thing, Rick's reply, I'm coming too. <laughs> I'm already I on the al- way. I was already on route. I was Leaveable. already on route. My, uh, my middle daughter was at a party, and I was, it was a, such a nice day. And I turned around and saw my, my two potential budding golf superstars. Yes. Not ruling Pearl out, but <laughs> <laughs> Ivy and Jude were sat there, and I thought, come on, kids. Let's get, let's get golfing. So I was whacking some, and you appeared. We, we, we glanced and nodded. <laughs> right. I ignored your children completely. You didn't. They bloody loved you. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Jude was jumping off the bench. Catching him. Into your open arms and everything. That's the kind of guy I am. He does it to everybody. But, um, (laughs) um, so yeah, so you were, at that point, you were right up there at the top of the leaderboard. um, After listening to um, Victor on his podcast, without any spoilers if you haven't listened to it, he's a very big fan of heavy metal music. I took my AirPods, listened to music. I went from a combination of like 50 cent hip hop, a bit of Eminem, like an eight mile. And then I randomly put on some Linkin Park, wow. which I'm not listening to Hardcore. since about 2002. <laughs> I was ramping up, like screaming. 
And I'd, for some reason, I was hitting it well. And my longest drive of said day um, was 328 yards. So I saw this. You did see this. 328 yards. And my plan for the day, yesterday, was to go down and just very casually have a little bit of fun with the kids. You might have heard me on the podcast before. I've talked about this idea. I want to get the kids really into golf and really enjoying it. But as soon as they're almost enjoying it, take them away. Go and yes. do something different so that they're hungry for it. So for the first 45 minutes, that was my plan. Mm-hmm. We did circles of five shots. Ivy would hit five. Jude would hit five. I would hit five. And it was just a bit of fun. Around the warm-up area of the top trace. And to, to the out, to the average guy looking, they probably looked over to you and thought, what a great father. What what a, what a great role model. What a, he's, he's having fun. He's including them. He's making, he's making sure they're safe behind the barrier when each of them's hitting. But deep down, young Rick Shields had a little thing in the back of his mind niggling at him, getting at him and annoying him. He couldn't let it go. And <laughs> it was that four true. bays down, guy had absolutely mullered one three twenty eight. What could you do about it? Nothing. So, well, <laughs> well. Or could you? Well, so the kit at the back of the driving range is like a little putting green with a couple of holes. And uh, when it was my shot, the kids were kind of over there messing about, like, safely, mm-hmm. I think, kind of. I wasn't watching them anymore. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I had about 20 balls left in the, in the machine, roughly. Yeah. And I thought, hmm... I've got to give this a go. Well, just to put some context in, last night um, I sent you a screenshot of how well I'd done compared to how well you'd done, and you said, "Oh yeah, I had five shots oh, yeah. at the I end." Might, I might have told you a little lie. Oh okay. I might have told you so not not a, not a lie because I did whack the last five shots. Okay, but I, I might have hit slightly more than five. Ah okay. <laughs> put it this way: I was at the driving range yesterday for three and a half hours. <laughs> 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 on my uh, listen, sis, on my top tracer app. This is mad. It actually says yesterday. Have a guess how many golf balls I hit on top trace yesterday. 150. Uh, where's, where's it gone now? Uh, That's a lot of golf balls. No, higher. 200. Higher. <laughs> oh give word. you one more guess. 255. Total shots yesterday on me on top tracer. I best not tell Traf- <laughs> Trafford this. 388 golf shots. Oh, oh. <laughs> My <laughs> word. And let's be honest, how many? How, what percentage of that was you trying to beat me? Uh, I can't imagine the kids hitting that many and not getting bored. I reckon the kids probably hit 100 each. So you've had it, what, 150? Uh, 180 odd. Yeah. So uh, Did you beat me? So wait, wah, 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 wah. let me tell the story. <laughs> let me tell the full story. Let me tell my side of it, please. So the first 20 shots in the machine and I had all intentions that that was all I was going to hit yeah of course I, I can do this in 20 shots <laughs> I've, been, I've been speed training I can get some distance on this I managed to get my best shot and I felt like I was crushing it 321 yards oh that's cute so I was 7 yards behind you so I was like oh crap and I knew you'd bring it up in the podcast absolutely today. I, it's knew, like partly I knew it was going to be a discussion so I was like oh no so the kids were like the kids weren't enjoying themselves much anymore <laughs> That that idea of me dragging them away when they're happy. It was. Kind of, I think what I what really upset you was when I saw Jude say to you, "Why does that big strong man hit it so much <laughs> further than you?" <laughs> you know what was funny though. This was funny uh, when like my last ten shots or so in that twenty, they came and sat on the bench at the back, and I turned the top tracer screen at them. And so every time I hit, I told them the, all I wanted to know was ball speed number because right. then you can get an idea, yeah. can't you? So I'd hit one, and I said anything over 165 tell me right 
I'd hit one and I'd hit it rubbish and I'd go, oh, daddy, that was only 153. I'm like, don't tell me those ones. <laughs> and like, and like saying it dead loud, I'm like, shh. Or, or sometimes I hit a really good one and it went offline. Oh. And like they go, oh, that's gone a long, like Ivy, that's gone a long way to the right, daddy. And like other people around me, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the kids kids got hungry. I thought, that's it. I can't do it. Seven yards. I've just got, I've just got to accept got it. It's better than 12. I've got to accept it. I must have picked up some distance. Yep. <laughs> so went in the cafe and as I was walking through the golf shop, I actually contemplated for a minute. There was a there was a box of like top flight XLs, like 20 balls in a box. Didn't did you? And I, I must admit, I glanced at them and I thought, mm, should I? But I didn't. Good. So I went in the cafe. We had some lunch. Um, the kids bought some ridiculously expensive dinosaur toys. Yeah, I'm not. That, that really wounded me. But after we had some lunch... Um, I thought, how do I? How am I going to get more time hitting golf balls? Now again? you were fueled. You had a bit of rest. There's well, no excuses. I don't, well, I don't know if that might have slowed me down a bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, protein. So um, I had a Lucasator sport. I wanted a monster, oh, but I didn't have any. So I had a Lucasator sport. Yeah. I got, a, I got a cappuccino to give me a bit of a coffee, coffee in uh, like injection. I thought it was weird. What someone texted me saying, "Why is Rick doing stretches in the cafe <laughs> at Trafford Golf Centre?" So what happened then was uh, the kids were like. The kids were like, can we go on mini golf? Because I promised them go on, go on mini golf, right? Without even looking, I didn't even glance at, because they've got security cameras that show you mini golf. Without even looking, I went, oh, it's too busy. <laughs> Daddy's ego needs feeding. I said, it's too busy. We'll go on later. <laughs> and my wife and uh, my other daughter were coming meeting us, but they got stuck in traffic and whatever. So I thought, I've got a window here. Yeah. I've got a window of opportunity. Yeah. So I bribed them. With dinosaurs. No, with ice cream. Ice cream, right? Okay. Nice. A nice day. Yeah. So Bryden with an ice cream, went back to the till, got a bay, okay? Mm-hmm. Upstairs this time. Oh, okay. Downstairs. So cheating a bit more. So I got a bit more elevation. I don't think it make, yeah, makes it difference. Well, anyway, carry on. <laughs> went upstairs. And uh, so the kids were sat at the back eating their ice cream. And I'm thinking, this is it. Come on, Rick. Yeah, yeah. I can do this, right? So I start absolutely tonking them. And I'm, I'm full What are you classed as tonking? I'm full yeah. Full hill, right? <laughs> I'm getting ridiculous fastest ball speeds I've seen from a ping driver almost ever. Like yeah. one six eight, one six seven. Very right? solid. Thinking to myself, come on, this is it, right? A lad from the driving range was there mm-hmm. called Matt, who I really like actually. He made a suggestion because I said to him, I was telling him the story, and I was saying, I'm saying to him, you know, I need to beat guys. Of course, he's at yeah. three two eight. I'm, my, my best is three to one at the moment, right? He said to me, "Shall I hit one for you?" Is little that what he tip. Said? No, little tip. I'll tell you a bit more in a minute. Little tip. He said, "If you actually put the target to the left and almost hit like a bit of a raking hook." Uh, okay. And I and I must admit, I didn't really trust him massively yeah. on this. So I did it. Okay. Yeah. This this killed me. This killed mm. me. Right. So now the target's left, and I'm in the base with the the, the, the barriers. Yeah. So like you've really really got to hook it to hit this yeah, target of now, right? I. Absolutely crush one. Like the best shot all day. Did you hit the side? Right? Crushed it. But it went exactly the line that I was already hitting. Oh. Like exactly. Right? No word of a lie. And I swear to you, on my three kids' life, and I'm looking at you <laughs> right in the eye now. Here you are. 332 yards, oh. three yards out of bounds. Honestly, I could have like. Because it would have gone in. Yeah. And I would have got in the target. Yeah. It's that Matt, Matt, if you're listening, you you made me aim right. Anyway, I have to let Matt off because then I noticed what driver he was hitting. So at this point, the kids have finished their ice cream. So I went and got them some more golf balls. And it's quite quiet in that top bay. So I got them all the bay each, which very irresponsible of me. Because one, I always said to myself, don't 
just put them in a bay and make them hit. So I yeah. completely didn't listen to my own rules. And two, they're in the bays upstairs. Could fall off. Not really being supervised. No, not at all. Right now. <laughs> I just want to apologise to your children for being such a long hitter. So my wife texted me again saying, like, I cleared the traffic, I'm on route. I'm like, great, okay, so I've got probably half an hour here, okay? Jacket comes off, okay? Jumper comes off, I'm in my T-shirt now. I notice Matt has got a, a Sim 2 driver, yeah. okay? In like a hazardous smoke, super low spin setting, nine degrees. So I said to him, what driver you got there? Like, Sim, do you mind if I have a hit? He's like, yeah, it's fine. I cranked it down to seven degrees. Of course you did. Okay, yeah. so I cranked it down to seven. And at this point, I am absolutely mullering it, getting some of the fastest ball speeds I've ever seen, right? I'm getting like 333, uh, three, sorry, 323, 324, and then finally get one at 325. I'm sweating my head off. My kids, I don't even know where they are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where the kids are anymore. And like, I'm grunting, I'm shouting, I'm like, I went in the bigger bay, I'm like, going for it. I've got a blister oh my word. on my hand. You've literally, if proper, people are listening, you've got a, yeah, you've a actually got. A proper blister on my hand, which is like, oh my word. Like that hurts, right? Oh no. And I'm sweating and I'm like, and I can't beat you. And I couldn't beat you. And then oh. my wife my wife walks in and I just feel I feel a shadow of a man. I'm like, yeah. I feel a disgrace to myself. And she's going, What, what are you what are you doing? Where are the kids? <laughs> Ice cream in the herd, dinosaurs everywhere. <laughs> One of them's in the net, hanging off the edge. She's like, where are the kids? I'm like, oh, they're just down. No, no, they were safe. Um, Ish. But I, I kind of... It's a long story short, I was longer. I knew I knew as soon as I logged into uh, yeah. Long Drive, I had to commit. Well, I've also got a confession. Not about Sunday. Sunday was all legit. But on Saturday when I went, I got... This is the... the, the I'm trying to think how to explain it. Addiction. The, the, yeah, that's the word. The addiction of, of long drive. It is addiction. On Saturday, I went. I was hitting some really good ones. And I stupidly put my hand in my golf bag and pulled out a golf ball. And it was a Pro V1 and whacked it. And obviously, a golf ball, a Pro V1 is a better quality ball than a range ball. The, the ball speed increased. And I got a little bit excited by it. Now, I met with a friend a little while ago who I've not seen for years, who we used to play golf with as a junior. We were really close friends. And he works for solicitors now, um, like a law firm thing. And he gave me um, three golf balls, Pro V1s, with his firm's logo on the side, Cook's Lawyers, they were. These lovely Pro V1s. I said, oh, thank you. And I don't know if you want me to use them or just keep them or whatever, I don't know. On Saturday, I reached into my golf bag and hit all three brand new Pro V1s <laughs> with his company logo down the range. <laughs> so the next person was a Trafford. If you get a Cook's Lawyers Pro V1 in your basket, that's from me. Tell him. It's better advertising. That's what I was thinking. Um, so I lost those, and then I walked out, and I also hit another two. So I hit six Pro V1s down the range, which is absolutely, I'm ashamed of it. So I want to apologise to people listening. I could have given them somebody else, so I'm embarrassed. So, I, yeah, I went and hit 250-odd balls at the drive range, sweating my nuts off. No re regard for my children's safety or enjoyment, but... It was good fun and nobody was harmed. Well, not, it would have been more fun if I got 329. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the story. That was hopefully um, exciting for people. Yeah, <laughs> we did tell half that story before. Um, but I didn't quite get to the point of how many balls you hit. So that was interesting to see that you're actually taking it. To, how bad's that? That is really bad. Um, and the fact I said to you, I just whacked five at the end. <laughs> I know, yeah. What a rotten bloke you are. Um, but no, we've got some... Great topics to delve into today. We've got loads of questions on um, social media, on the Facebook page, some emails. 
However, we weirdly, we're getting so many spam emails and it feels like we're getting more spam than genuine emails. So if you have an email that's a genuine email, don't spam us. Um, email podcast at rickshields.com. Just a quick one then, while we're talking about spam. I think we have talked about it before. There are still loads of scam mm. accounts and it's getting i think it's getting much worse on youtube now it is there's lots of random youtube the only good thing with the youtube ones it's like stupid accounts promoting dodgy websites yeah um i'm sure you can work that out but it's it's obvious it's, there's no real kind of trickery to that it's more just annoying yeah. whereas the ones that claim to be you are trying to there's more loads on facebook loads on instagram so please please take it from me right now if i'm going to message you i'm going to do it off my official account the one with the blue ticks the verified ticks whatever it may be or you get a proper email from me and guy for, with the at rickshields.com email address um everything else it is not us it's fraudulent yes, so please ignore i've had today on the facebook group a really good post i accepted and it's got loads and loads of comments i want to hear your thoughts on this okay. so we had a guy called uh, derek who is based in australia and he put a picture of the new stealth driver and in australia it costs a thousand dollars which i believe looking on google the exchange rate is about 550 quid so a bit more than it is over here but you know kind of similarish price and he said this is starting to get ludicrous this is the cheapest i can find on off the shelf stealth for and it's a it's a thousand um us dollars uh, in fact it's one thousand one hundred sorry australian dollars one thousand one hundred australian dollars um, i fully understand the whole saying, if you don't like it, well, don't buy it. And last year, I bought a Callaway um, driver that was $800. Uh, but this is becoming silly now. Surely something needs to be done or can be done to bring these prices back so normal, everyday people can afford these toys. Am I the only one that thinks these sort of prices are driving the cost of everything else associated with golf sky high? I am all for everyone wanting to make a decent living, but it's becoming stupid. Um, I hate the idea of using a regulated market, but it's getting to the point where it kind of needs some regulating from the golf polo shirts to trousers to hats to golf balls, etc. Um, surely I'm not the only one who thinks like this. Maybe Rick and other golf influencers need to start talking more about these prices with a louder voice. So I replied to him. The price of the tailor-made <laughs> stealth was 1,100 Australian dollars. That's just killed me ears. Um, so... I had a response to him, and I want to hear your take on this. I think this is something that a lot of people are interested in. Simple question, are golf clubs getting too expensive? Obviously, that's the situation where he's in Australia, and it does seem like it is more inflated over there, exchange rates or whatever it may be. Um, it, yes and no, and it doesn't answer your question greatly, but it's not new for drivers to be £500 a driver. Like, I remember almost 10 years ago, like the first ERC, do you remember that, that came out? I, had, I hired it second hand as a junior, and it was that, still that expensive. That was like £500. Yeah. And that was like almost going up to 20 years ago, the first one now. So I, f I, f I don't feel like any of this is that new. No. Like, Pro V1s have been steadily expensive for 20 years. Yeah. Clo golf clothing, it depends on what brand you get it, but it is expensive. Um, but on the flip side... I do really think, and we've I've we've done a few videos on it recently. You can still get brand new equipment, or you can still get very good equipment or second-hand equipment at a much, 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 yep. much better price. For the example, the TaylorMade M4 driver review I just did last last week <clears throat> that was brand new off the shelf, two hundred and seventy-nine pounds. Now I don't know if it's in Australia or how much that would be. But that's two hundred pounds less than the Stealth. Now it's got its limitations. You can't always get perfectly fitted or whatever it may be. 
what you saw from that video, I actually preferred the feel, the sound, and somewhat the performance of the M4 driver. Now, you could argue that I, I still think, but this is where the brands are pushing it, I would say probably everything is 10% slightly too expensive. But also everything else in the world is right now. Because yeah. at the moment, with obviously coronavirus and everything going on now with you know Ukraine, etc., shipping costs go up. Yeah. Material costs go up. Unfortunately, it's just the way of the world. These top players, um, sponsorship fees go up. Yeah. R&D development goes up. Yeah. All of these categories, the price increases. <clears throat> and in every industry, when the price increases in, in the manufacturing, unfortunately, it gets passed over to the customer. They have to stomach up the more fee. Yeah. So as much as I do think there is a, there is a point now where brands are pricier, expensive, I still think we've never been in a better position than where a lot of secondhand products or even new product like the TaylorMade M4 that's come out recently, the new one, I feel like brands are addressing it, but in a different way. I think as well, yeah. I think I obviously don't want golf brands to start charging more because it doesn't benefit our listeners, our viewers that go out and buy gear. So I'm definitely not one that's pro-expensive. Um However, I do think it's a funny one. I'm just looking at an example here. So the Odyssey 2-ball, the kind of white-hot OG version, is 199 quid now. When that launched in about 03, 04, and in fact, it was early, it was 02 it launched, it was 139 quid. I remember once when I was a junior and didn't ever get one. because Well, it did for a long time after, but they were so expensive at the time. So in terms of, yeah, it's gone up 60 quid. But in 20 years, that does kind of align, I believe, with inflation. But what really kind of struck me about the point that um, Derek was making was that we're kind of, we're, if we're wanting that premium stuff, it's because we're almost falling for, and use that word loosely, the marketing claims of the brands. We all kind of know now, a lot of people know that watch YouTube or listen to this podcast or are really into the golf world, that year on year, there's very, very little that changes in golf clubs, is that even over the last five or ten years, really. So if you suddenly decide that you want the tailor-made driver, but you're not happy that it's 500 quid, well... That's the price it is. You know, Rolexes are 10, 20, 30, 40 grand, obviously upwards. A Ferrari is however much. Now, I'm not saying that Taylor made the Ferrari or the Rolex of golf, but you can buy a Casio for 10 quid. It still tells the time. You know, golf can be expensive, but I'm very passionate in telling people that golf isn't expensive full stop. Yeah. Because as we've proven before, you can go to Sports Direct, not for one second plug in Sports Direct, but it's where you can get the cheapest golf stuff from. You can get a driver for 17.99. Yeah. I mean, overall, as a sport, Golf is definitely more expensive than like a football where you only need literally a ball and you can play on the park. You do need a club, you do need a ball, you do need to play a golf bag and correct shoes, and it does add up overall. So we know it's not the cheapest sport in the world, but if you're into golf, you don't have to spend a fortune to continue that hobby on your equipment. Yeah. So it's almost like people get annoyed because they want it. Of course. Which is, it's not like, you know, if, if energy prices go up and gas goes up and water rates go up, we as, as essentials, we have a right to be upset about that because it's people like petrol goes up mm. or whatever. But if golf clubs go up, I think it's kind of like, well, don't buy them unless, yep. I, I, you see what I mean? Yeah, it's, and, it, and it sounds like he's bought one just recently. Well, he has, yeah. He bought one last year with the Callaway driver. And he said, apparently he's not after this one. He was just looking at it. But it's like, well... I kind of get it. You know, it's like football shirts. If you've got a, a junior son or daughter who wants a new stealth drive for the birthday, it's 500 quid and they're desperate for it. It's a lot of money. And if you're going to fuck out for them, it's a lot of money. But again, it, we know that Ben Ross, Wilson, Cleveland, these other kind of semi-premium brands make clubs that perform pretty much as well. 
But we want the sexier brands because the marketing's so good. Well, I'm always fascinated, again, going back to the story at the driving range. Yesterday, my three hours being there, uh, when I was walking up and down the driving range, I mean, it was so busy yesterday. But in every bay was, you know, a golfer with second-hand golf clubs, let's say, Mm. okay? Hand-me-downs, whatever it may be. In the next bay was another golfer with brand new everything, like spent five grand on their equipment. Next person had like just a few clubs. Next person hired some clubs. They're all playing golf. Exactly. And none of them looked like the guy who had the most expensive equipment didn't look like he was going to be the best golfer. Mm. As such, he might have been, but he didn't look it. And like you you can just, you can get a little bit lost in it. Um, And I think prices of equipment... It reflects the current market and everything else. Um, and I can understand people's annoyance if they want it. But as you've made some really good points, I want I want a Ferrari. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's the price of a Ferrari. We'll, we'll just touch on your point then. When I was at the range on Saturday, out of the two days I was there this weekend, there's a lad who was left-handed who was kind of facing me in the bay. A bit awkward, really, because I'm hitting that when he's you know, looking at each other yeah. in the eye almost every shot. And he said, oh, I listened to the podcast. It was, oh, great, whatever. And he said, I love Rick's videos, love the podcast. So I was chatting great, to whatever. him. Yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't want to, yeah, I was like, great. Chatting to him for a bit. And it was really made up. We just bought a set of irons from the shop from yeah. American Golf. And they were second-hand Ping G15s. It's quite old irons, but in really decent condition. And he got them for 150 quid. Amazing. And I was like, mate, they're really... He was like, yeah, yeah. I said, honestly, like, unless you want something that's brand new in a wrapper, which obviously he wasn't bothered about, that is an amazing deal. Yeah. And also, I think lastly on this, again, I know the prices are getting up and up and up, but TaylorMade, Callaway, etc., have absolutely huge global teams who look at the merchandise and the buying of parts, etc. They won't just think of a price off the top of their head and go, we'll call it 500 yeah. quid then. They it's, know it's there's, calculated. A, there's a massive demand for it. Yeah. So when they start charging too much and people don't buy the products, that might be the time when they start decreasing them. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Until that day happens, which I don't think it ever will, it's just part of golf, isn't it? I'll tell you one very quick... Funny story. So at the driving range on, on Sunday, so that's all I've done, um, I bought Jude a little driver. He's been desperate for a driver. You saw it. Yeah, in yeah. The wrapper. He, he took the wrapper off and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you going to review it? <laughs> and um, so my daughter, my middle child, who if you've got middle chil- children, you'll understand um, their, their personalities sometimes. She wanted one, mm-hmm, obviously. <clears throat> so when she come back from the party, she wanted one. So I, I managed to get her one as well. She didn't hit a single shot because she was more bothered about ice cream or whatever, right? <laughs> Walk, this is a really funny story. Walking down the steps at Trafford, okay? She had the club. Still, oh, no. still, in, still in like a wrapper, but just a cellophane wrapper. Sorry. Holding the handle, dragged it down almost five or six steps. And I was like, I was behind her and there was like loads of people queuing up. So I couldn't just go, I couldn't go, Pearl, I feel a bit what queasy. Are you doing? So like, I, I got up to her really quickly, picked it up, and I was like, Pearl, you can't do that. You can't drag it. And she went, all oh, right, makes a good noise. I went, <laughs> <laughs> drag it along the steps Wowzers. so I taught her to hold it by the head and my fault really I should have taught her but um, anyway I've got a good Derek for you then so we've not had a Derek for ages um, and again if you want your um, question answered by this miracle worker Rick Shields who has the answer to everything I believe wow. other than how to gain a few more yards which you can't answer <laughs> <laughs> so this is from um, I'll say uh, anonymous actually I never know with this whether to keep people's names in or not but Hi, uh, Rick and Guy. My name is X. I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and I'm writing to you uh, to ask about something which I've started to believe every golfer experiences. I'll start off by saying I'm 19 years old and I've been a hockey player for all my life. I decided to pick up golf when the pandemic hit, and since then I've spent almost all of my free time playing golf, either at the driving range or playing around. And I've managed to get my handicap of 8.9. Wow. So we must have some natural ability from the hockey. That's really good. Um, Although I'm very happy with my improvements that I've made in a relatively short um, space of time, I can't help but feel like after every single round, even if I've played well and shot to my handicap, that I feel like I've left countless strokes on the golf course and usually really poor, like kind of obvious ones, a short putt or whatever, an out of bounds here or whatever. I'm wondering if you think this feeling of never playing to one's true potential is essentially just the same as being, it's, it's kind of word not very easy to explain, but basically just part of being a golfer. And if so, are there any mental remedies that you would suggest to lighten the self-imposed pressure that us golfers put on ourselves? So in a nutshell, he's gone down from not playing golf to nine handicap in no time, really, which is very impressive. But he always comes off the course feeling like he's left some out there. I've got, yeah, I've got some really good points for this. I think you and me grew up when we, were, we grew up playing golf. Yes. So we've been playing golf 20 odd years yes. now, right? I feel a lot of that kind of disappointment of finishing around the golf was almost I'd done it all very very early yeah probably you the same yeah. and anyone that started golf young would have gone through those disappointing times it's your absolute life at that age as well isn't yeah. it you've got school and golf and I mean the amount of times I went home like crying after yeah, a game yeah. of golf because I've like you know let let things not go the way I should go or whatever it may be at the age of like 13 yeah yeah um but so I think coming into the game late when you're, you're an adult, 
sometimes you don't have that time to learn those silly mistakes mm -hmm. or just get through them or get past them or forget knowing that is part of golf 100 percent i'm going to give him a really top tip and it's actually a tip that tommy fleetwood talked about do you remember in the in the little kind of uh i don't know it right yet but I'll coaching video that it. we did oh I know the fifth point yeah he said every time he's played a round of golf and he his dad taught him this very early on in, in his kind of golfing career after every round of golf whether he's played great whether he's played terrible write down your three best shots mm. that's it yeah just just your three best and keep a record of that because if you remember that and you write those down and you vividly remember those three really good ones it doesn't matter if you could write 10 bad ones mm. Everyone could, couldn't they? Yeah, at the end oh yeah, of, the day. of course you could. Like, I even remember hearing like players who've shot like a fifty-nine out on tour. They've not played perfect golf. Yeah, because there is no such thing as perfect golf. Perfect golf is effectively eighteen under par. But you could even say you could eagle the par fives. Yeah. I mean, perfect golf is eighteen shots. Yeah. So you're never going to get perfect shot golf. It is unrealistic. And I think sometimes what we do as golfers, it's very easy to attach our emotions to the negative, the short put, the bad bounce, the shot that just went three yards out of bounds. But we forget about the ball that lipped in. I know. Or the ball that just avoided that bunker. Or the ball that just navigated past the water. The, like the lucky well, moments. I've done that a million times where I'll play in a comp and you'll hold on, seven, on 16, you'll hold a 30 foot for birdie and then miss a foot one on 18 or whatever. And obviously that's one you think about, but you think, well, how often would have held that put on 16? Right. Very rarely. It kind of evens out. It does, 100%. So really top tip. You, unfortunately, you've not been playing golf that long, so, so some of this will just be, once you've done some reps and you've played more rounds, you'll start to realise bad shots do happen. But if you can, every, after every round of golf, write down your three best shots yeah. and write them down quite detailed and keep a little notepad of them. And the next time you play, just remember those last three shots that you hit in the last round and go, oh yeah, God, they were really good. I think as well, yeah, really good advice. I think as well, and, and I've not played a team sport since being a junior when I played football for a season off of Voice Pro then. Football, that brought back bad memories. I was absolutely trite. I played for the second team and I couldn't even get on the on the uh, side yeah. 11. I was rubbish. But I, I had a year when I was about 13 trying to play football, but it didn't really last. So bar that, I've never really played a team sport massively. But I imagine, I might be wrong here, so if you're listening and well, you're watching in the comments, let us know if I'm wrong. But I feel like when you play a team sport... Obviously, individual performance is important, but typically it's winning the match. So if you play football or hockey and your team wins, even if you've not played that great, the team feeling, I imagine, would be we've won three points or whatever it might be. Whereas in golf, you very, 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 even the best topers win an event. So more often than not, you've not won. So you have that euphoric feeling. And there's always that thing of what you've done wrong. Well, again, if you play football and you're right back, and you don't play that well, the team wins. You've still got the three points. You can move on from it. We very rarely win golf yeah. comps, do we? Even no. even like the leading tour pros. I mean, it's not that often that like Rory actually wins. Is it? So more often than not, you've come out a loser, for want of a better yeah. word. And when you've come out as a loser, naturally you're going to think, well, if I'd have done that and I'd done that and I'd done that, I'd have been in the playoffs. You self-analyse yourself 100%. a lot more, don't you? Where let's, you might have given away a, a penalty in the football match, but your team might have carried on winning. Exactly. A so penalty you can just forget about. Exactly. So I feel like in golf, and like you said, with the actual, in terms of actually a tournament, you very rarely win, although you can. I mean, if you won the green jacket or you won the open, I'm sure you're not going to be bothered to put your missed on 16 because you've won. But that's very rare. But the actual format of golf like you've said there's no perfect no. round think about this now let's say 100 people played in the masters just for argument's sake there's only gonna be one golfer walking away from that that um place saying like being 
fully happy with the performance. Well, that's it, because even if an amateur came second and they lost out by three shots, and they'll go, oh, yeah, but this amateur's the next big thing. That's an amazing achievement. But they might think, oh, that, that. yeah, over that four days, there's yeah. three shots I could have easily... like yeah. So I think, unfortunately, that's the nature of golf. And one thing that stands out to me as well, kind of similar on this topic, was when we did our first video with John Robbins, when you played with all your clubs, sorry, one club, and he had all his clubs. I can't remember I can't remember the numbers at the time, but he said something like, once I can break, I think 90, I think he said, I'll be really happy. I know what I'm saying, I said, you won't. I said, that's a great achievement, but you won't, because once you can break 90, you'll be looking at breaking 80. He was like, oh, no, I won't be bothered. And now he's in that place where you all, your expectations will always keep getting lower. Well, not higher, but the score gets lower and lower. You're never happy. No. And that, that's happy. what drives us forward. That's exactly. what makes us better, you'd like to think. Just a quick one. Did you see the incredible um, feat that Jimenez did? Holding ones. It's unreal, isn't it? How ridiculous is that? Yeah. So, Ankel uh, Jimenez. Yes. I've just got his name wrong. I've just got his name wrong there. I've Miguel Angel Jimenez. Yeah, I've got it the wrong word. Miguel Angel Jimenez. <clears throat> he has got some ridiculous hole-in-one records. I was looking before, and I actually weirdly think it might be more than this. It said online that he's had 10 holding ones in professional golf. But I I like feel like I already know five of them in the last five or six years. Yeah, I think when he gets so much airtime, and rightly so, you kind of see him so often, it might appear like he has more, but even so, he hits a lot, doesn't he? It seems like they're always that kind of similar like shot as they, well. They're always about the same distance, kind of 160, 170. And I was thinking about this. I wonder if there is some level of science behind the way he plays into par threes. Possibly. Like, to get a holding one, you've got to get the ball on the ground and kind of rolling, really, haven't yeah. you? Like, getting up in the air, unless it's going to spin backwards, like, soft greens are really hard to get holding ones on mm-hmm. because as soon as the ball lands, it's not going to move that far. Yeah. You've got, if you can get the ball rolling, and and a lot, I was, there's a bit of research, I, I looked at a lot of his holding ones that he's had. A lot of them are these kind of little drawy shots where the pin's kind of middle to slightly left of the green. He'll land it at the front, and it runs yeah. up towards the flag. Well, that's why. I don't know the stats to this, but I feel like this is true. Quote me if I'm not. But when I was a member of a golf club, people used to get a hole-in-one. They'd get like a bottle of whiskey on the bar, and they'd have like a thing printed out with a name on. More often than not, it was actually the slightly higher handicappers or the short hitters where they like used to roll in like a three-wood into a par three or a five-iron, whereas the better players were the landing them better. It's very rare. Yeah. And even on tour, you see a lot, but you see a lot because there's so many great guys playing and you play a lot of golf. I do feel like the people that get the most holding ones are the ones that are running it in. I also wonder if better players would get have a better chance of getting a holding one on a firmer green. Possibly. Like yeah. on Lynx. I've, I've only had one holding one. It was on a Lynx golf course where it was like baked out. And I landed it similar to what Jimenez did, kind of front middle of the green, and it kind of rolled around and went in. It was on the it was on the ground for a long yeah. time before it went in. Um, but it's just ridiculous. I mean, like, he, they, they've st- they've, they're racking up so much now. He was, like, so blasé about it. And then I read another stat today, and I just want to make sure I get this one right as well. I'm sure he's won something along the lines of 66% of the tournaments he's played in this year on, on the tour that he's playing on. Wow. Let me just work this out. Um, How many has he played? He might have played on only three. Just one, two <laughs> out of three. three. Something like that, anyway. But he's, he's a legend. I, I really like him. I had another question on Facebook, which I quite liked. Um, and it was from Cameron Willis. And he said, what are your opinions on graphite shafts? Now, I presume he means irons, because gone are the days where you could buy steel woods, really. Graphite. I remember graphite shafts just typically being 
really expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, they, is there much price difference now? I on think graphite normally, shafts? yeah. If you're buying a like, so let's say you're buying a set of ping irons, for example, and you want the graphite version, you're normally looking at at least a hundred pound more for the set, maybe even a bit more than that. I, I like graphite shafts. Yeah. I did a video um, of them. I think we did a golf bit of video actually, where I played with graphite shafts, and I actually really like the feel of them. Um, Tip, normally they're a bit lighter than steel. Yeah, yeah. Normally you can get a bit more clubhead speed. Sometimes you can get a little bit more feel off the head because you almost the shaft just got a little yeah. bit more of a kick in it. Um, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I almost don't think enough players potentially use graphite. No, yeah, again, I'm, when I used to fit in the olden days, I'm a huge fan. Um, sadly, and I get it though, some people wouldn't want to use them because of an ego standpoint because they often get seen as people who have naturally slower clubhead speeds or whatever. And I think a lot of golfers still have ego, like we do at the long drive. Yeah. But like you said, normally if you if you're looking at um, a steel shaft and iron, it might just be 120 grams for round figures. The graphite might be 70, 80, 60. You know, it depends. It's a lot lighter. Um, which if you're struggling with clubhead speed, and even they do feel really nice. So I would definitely recommend if you, you know, try an iron. You know what I feel like you get almost like a bit of a kick. Well, yeah, you like do. The it's a bit of a swing. I think it's Germany. I said I've said this to you before, but I think in Germany I've been to a few retail stores. There, golf shops, and graphite over there is much more of a, of a thing. Um, but yeah, the downside is you are going to look at the, the more expensive. But I think it's a good, good thing to try. Um, I've got another question for you. Then this is a bit more of a. Um, Kind of one that I think is a bit more of a serious one, but I think you'll have an answer to this as well. Um, it's from Colin. He said, love the show. Um, I've got a question. How do you find new people to play golf with, particularly if you're not a member of a golf club or competing in competitions? And that was what got me, because when I was a member of a golf club, naturally, you, you do play in comps and you get paired with somebody who's quite sound. And then the next thing you say, oh, we'll have to have another game. And before you know it, you, you know people in the clubhouse, you have a drink. If you're not a member of a club and you're not playing in competitions, how on earth is you going to meet know. new people to play with? Could do with an app called Glin- Glinda. <laughs> Glinda. <laughs> so oh. it comes up, right? Let me picture this now. You have the app, right? Gold. It comes up with a picture of the yeah. person's bag, right? So it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to face it. What they look like is irrelevant, but how they look after their clubs could be important. Yeah, very much so. It says the handicap. They have to have it officially proved as well. So there's no. Um, like trolls or no catfishes. So what, about, to... what about like though, if they've not got a handicap, just average score, best score? Yeah, okay, we can deal with that. Um, I think best score is quite quite like subject to... Location, Oh yeah. so you know they're not too far away. Yeah. You swipe right or you swipe left, very much like Tinder. You swipe with someone, you match. You then say, hey, I like your irons. <laughs> say, thanks, just got them. Have you got, have you got graphite? <laughs> Have you got a stiff shaft? <laughs> well, that's, um, that's where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play with my balls? Um, yeah, then you I'd, play golf with them, and then and then maybe get then together. You get married and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it almost doesn't. Does it almost need something yeah. like that to to a certain degree? Like, I mean, we've seen it a few times on our uh, Facebook group. If you're not part of the Facebook group, make sure you are. Facebook search Rick Shields Golf Show. Join it. Um, People sometimes will put in there, 100%. I'm playing at such a venue or any other podcast listeners around about live podcast. Do you yeah. remember how many people played together yeah, that yeah. day? Last time we did a live podcast to celebrate 100. And so many people from all different corners of the globe, because they were coming to Manchester, met up and, and played golf together 100%. because they had a common interest. And that's something like, again, I'm just not trying to plug the group again, but I will always accept those posts because if people, I, I want to see people playing golf. If you, Personally, I do quite enjoy playing golf on my own, but also it's, I do really enjoy playing with other people. And if you're a bit sick and tired of playing your own and you want to play with new people and you're a member of that group and you put it in and we'll accept it and hopefully we'll find somebody to join up with you. But holistically, I don't I don't quite know the answer. I, like, think, I think we can do something about this. 
I almost think if again if we if we almost sold like bag tags, I know talk it's teasing you with merch, like some way that people could go, Oh, you listen to Rich Shields. Oh yeah, let's get a game you know, of golf. We could together. it even be easier. You could set up a Twitter account called whatever. And every day you just put like there's a tweak just let you be Monday the third Monday the twenty eighth of Feb. People below that can just comment and say, I have a tea time at ten forty five at Worsley Park. Yeah. And then people could so I don't know, there's way we maybe we could do something actually it'd be quite nice because um, like you said, if you're not a member of a club, let's keep, they keep saying that, but it's true. And I didn't, when I first read that, I thought, actually, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, because know. if you didn't know mates who play golf or... Yeah, how, how would you do it? Yeah, I don't know. See, but sounds daft. <laughs> I've kind of gone off my badminton kind of, uh, of <laughs> at the moment. The, the racket's collecting dust. But unless my mate's playing, I don't really have anyone else to play with. That's true. Like, I need a... Badinder. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't work, does it? Um, right. Um, I've got some quick fire uh, Instagram questions as well. So I say that and I get it ready and I start looking at them a lot. Often they're quite silly. So the other one we could call it Plenty of Golf. Plenty of Golf, yeah. Copyright. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, somebody said, Hi, Guy and Rick. Uh, what's your favourite packet of crisps? For them, it's cheese and onion McCoys. Ooh. I've got multiple answers to this. Let's have, you can have one safety crisp that's like, if forever there was one pack of crisps you could have, Okay. pick that, and then pick more of an exotic twist. Okay. Because my safety crisps are very plain, I'll get hate for this, but I'm going to tell you now, my safety crisp would literally be a pl- ready salted walkers. everyone's going to be annoyed at that. Let me just, just hear me out. It's versatile. I do like, I, I, I like those it's crisps. It's Moorish, it's good in a sandwich, it doesn't, it, I look, love it on the sandwich. It's just there in it. It's yeah. just there. If it was going more exotic, I'm a big fan of salt and vinegar hula hoops. Ooh. I like putting them on my finger and eating them. Nice. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have five picks. No, we can't have five. <laughs> Let's have your, your this lifetime crisp. Lifetime would be uh, salt and vinegar salt and vinegar McCoys. Okay. The crinkly ones. Yep. Worcester sauce, walkers. Yeah. Okay. Very, well, what very are rare are they, to get though. Well, what are they? Are they are they just your I'm just doing five. Okay. Um <laughs> I really like skips. Okay. Really like skips. Child. Uh, <laughs> in the grab bag, though, I really like um, salt and vinegar Pringles. Yes, I'm a huge fan of them. Lastly, probably my most eaten crisp, um, sweet chili sensations walkers. Nice. So I, I've given you five, but... I've had another question um, that I think actually might be a bit of a broader topic, and I, I don't know if you're keen to talk about this, but I think you, you will be. Uh, somebody said, is Rick going to do a review of the new Mizuno Irons? So, should we chat about how we perceive reviews going forward a bit more or, or not? Um, let's keep that slightly under wraps at the moment, but there's a better chance than ever before that I will be doing more reviews yes. on iron sets and clubs in general. Yes. So, yeah, we've we've had a bit more of a, of a brainstorming idea around reviews. Um so hopefully soon you'll see many more of them on the channel. I feel like it's mad review season at the moment, isn't it? It like is. Mad, mad equipment season. I think sometimes what's hard with the reviews as well is people might ask you, because they might be after a certain product, and you know you, you shouldn't necessarily buy a product based on a review, but if you're after something, if you're in the market for something, it's nice to see it, you know, just images of it, hear people's thoughts about it, and maybe watch a handful of reviews, and if there's one particular thing that comes up a lot. So for example, I would say at the moment, from my experience and whatever, the stealth driver is good, but it's not that forgiving. And it feels like a lot of people are saying that. So that doesn't mean that for everybody it's not forgiving. But if you're after one, you watch a lot of reviews and they all say that, you might think, right, I'm going to you know, have that in my mind. Yep. 
Um, so people, when they want a product, want to see you review it. But yeah. obviously, as we said a million times, we can't review everything because yeah. we wouldn't have the time. But yeah, there might be um, there might it, be a little bit of a different plan with that. Stay tuned. Ben has asked, why don't you do course vlogs anymore, Rick? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I would just say they've adapted a little bit. So, I've, you know, Break 75 is coming back again soon, which was super successful last year. Um, but just being able to have like a, a, a match against somebody else isn't always feasible. People aren't always around. Um, I'll sprinkle in a few every every year. That's kind of what I like doing. So um, there'll be some with the lads again, Pete. We've actually been chatting yesterday. Pete Carter. Carter's back over from Dubai soon. Um, I think Pete's in the country. Who knows? <laughs> he travels more than uh, more than most. So um, I think once the lads are back, Friar, Pete, Carter, we'll get some more course logs in the bank. Yeah. And then last one. What is your dream final purring battling out for the 150th Open? For me, uh, Ryan says it's Tiger and Rory. Has to be Tiger. Yeah, I think that's just a given. Who would I want him battling against? I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball in. Well, I don't think you're going to expect this answer. Manuli. No, but I'd love to see it F- for the 150th Open. One, Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know why. I just, I just fit. I'd love to see him go against Manuli or like so any of the lads we've had on the channel. I just think him versus Mickelson. Like yeah. there's been there's been a weird relationship between those two over the over the course of their careers to be walking down the hundred and fiftieth. A bit like a bit like what Mickelson had with Stenson. Yeah. If that was Tiger, I'm all for that. I think we said this to um Victor on the podcast last week that the athletes when they go into these majors, a lot of them try not to treat it like any different because it's just they have the mindset it's a normal event see how I get on some people like Brooks Kepka go in with it thinking this is a major going to win and obviously there's different mindsets work for different people but one thing I mean any major to be leading going down the final few holes is I'm imagining a hell of a lot of pressure certainly the, you know the Masters but I feel like this one 150 at St Andrews it does feel different it does and you'd think Whoever is doing well in those final few holes has got someone that's ex- experienced because yeah. it's going to be so much pressure. It's going to be amazing. I'm very excited to see who's got it. Did you see Mickelson's statement this week? Is it another one or the original the, one? Well, yeah, one that he, he did. Oh, yeah, it was it was last Tuesday he released it. Yes. Or maybe Wednesday. Yeah. Seeing the sponsors that have dropped him. Yeah, basically, every, Callaway have paused his partnership. KPNG have dropped him. Um, the beer company who sponsored him. It's a funny one, isn't it, with Mickelson? There's been, um, I suppose, rightly so, to some degree, a lot of outrage with how he's behaved. There's been other people kind of questioning, well, why is it that bad? Like, he's obviously not handled himself very well, but why is it worthy of getting dropped from every kind of sponsor? And I can see both sides, I think. To come out and basically say that he was in talks with the Saudis, who he thinks are very dodgy, to try and just leverage the PJ Tour... Feels a bit bad on both sides, really. Yeah, he, he, he was it, kind it, of playing it, both parties, yeah, um, which is which is a very risky game. But then I suppose I suppose the only reason then I'm thinking it, the brands have have they just thought I don't know why they've. Well, kind he of gave them the option. Right. He gave him the option to pause or end the contract. That's Callaway, or all of them? All of them. All oh, right, okay. In that statement, he, he mentioned, if any of my partners want to pause... I don't pause, think I saw this statement then. Which one? Oh. It's quite a long one, so I won't read it all out. 
but let me, let me, no, let me just try and find the little bit that he, he said. Because um, he meant, like I say, he mentioned this idea that if, if any brand, I've got it here in front of me, just give me one second. I think that's another thing, though. I think this day and age now, which you understand with social media and, and stuff, that brands have to be very careful with what their ambassadors, their athletes kind of say and do. So they are often erring on the very cautious side. So this direct quote, he's talking about the partnerships. Yeah. The last thing I would ever want to do is compromise them, yeah. partners, or their business in any way. And I have given all of them the option to pause or uh, end right, the yeah. relationship as I understand it might be necessary given the current circumstances, end quote. So you, it's interesting because like some of these are really long-time partners of him. Yeah, feels. Do you think it's more that he's coming out quite badly, which is why I don't want anything to do with him rather than what he's actually said, if that makes sense. Because what I don't think he, what he said, although it's not great, he's never said anything that's that like... I don't think the brands would not be associated with him for that. Is it more just that he's in the really bad light and they don't want to... Do you get what I, I mean? I think he's just put himself in a very precarious yeah, position. Yeah, exactly. And I think because of of ongoing... Because he's not the only player... That, he's not the only player that's been talking about a, a breakaway league. Yeah. Like, he's not on, the only player that's come out and said change needs to happen. He's not the only player that's come out and said about the PJ Tour may not always be the most fair. But he's... he's been the most vocal. But he's also the only one that's come out and said he had no essentially no intention of doing it, he just done it to Yeah. That's the difference. I think if somebody came out and they won't do, but said I absolutely want to play on that tour for X, Y, and Z, it's like, oh, okay, fair like they've get a lot of hate for it, but fair enough, that's why. But he's come out and said, Oh, I've got no intention of doing that. I've just done it to try and make the PJ tour give us more money for NFTs and whatever. Which I, I find bizarre. I, d- yeah. I don't feel like I'd fully believe him in that statement the only thing that is again i'm not for one second on mickelson's side i'm a kind of middle of the road i don't dislike him i don't like him i just kind of whatever but it does it is quite bad the internet culture where like when you're down everybody just jumps on you isn't it like it mustn't yeah. be a night i mean he's done it himself so fair enough like he's big boy i'm sure he can handle himself and he'll probably come out the other side of it and people might forget in five ten years time i'm sure they will i can't imagine his whole career will be tarnished by this i'd like to think it won't um, you know, Tiger came back from things. I'm not saying they're as bad or as good, but you know, things that in his life weren't great. But it does feel a bit bad when everyone. But, but I wonder what the fans are going to react like when he plays in his next tournament. I mean, it, first off, are the PGA Tour going to ban him? I don't think they've made a decision not, on that just yet. Yeah, can they ban him yet? I, don't know. I don't know. I think the only thing that's in the clause is there's something in the clause, and I, and again, I don't wanna, I don't get it wrong, so I better be careful what I say. Something along the lines of something the clause where if you've had um, extended conversations about a breakaway tour or something, there's there's something around that. I don't want to get it completely wrong, but what I don't know if the fans next time he plays in a tour event, how they're going to react because as you mentioned there with Tiger, he he obviously did a lot of naughty stuff Mm. off and away from golf. This is golf. This is directly influencing golf. I I just don't. I mean, he's a fan's favorite. A lot of the time, he's a fan's favourite. He spends time signing autographs. Like, people seem to love him. He seems to be great on social media. But, yeah, he's going to come back, and it's going to be very hostile, I think. The other thing I would say is two things. Firstly, people do forget over time. They do, You know, 100%. there's other famous sports people or singers or whatever who've done terrible things or bad things, and after time, you get forget. And also, the other thing I would say is that you can't always take social media as gospel because a lot of the time, people on Twitter are the ones who like to shout the loudest on Twitter. Yeah, of course. A lot of people have no interest in, you know, going on Twitter um, and 
might not have that much of an opinion on it. And also as well, again, it's a massive story in the golf world. You know, the people listen to this podcast or go on to online. They love average golfers going to the open. They won't know this has even happened. They will. It seems mad. That there'll be so many people that have no idea about the Saudi Golf League. Yeah, there'll, that's be, true. there'll be literally hundreds and thousands of them. That is true. So I do think if he does it well, he might come out of it in the end okay. But in the short term, it's going to be quite hard to ride out, I guess. Mm, if you want to come on the podcast, Phil, yeah. and explain yourself, yeah. open invitation. Feel free. Yeah. I, I'll sponsor you. <laughs> Every little Rick Shields logo on his hat. Would you? Would you sponsor him right now? Yeah. Wow. Hands down. What if we lost loads of subscribers? Maybe yeah, not. I think on that I'll, one. I'll, I'll retract that. Hopefully, this is one. recorded. This whole podcast. If not, we'll be doing it again. We're not. We're not doing it again. We're never doing a podcast again. If this is not recorded. <laughs> until next Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, and again, I don't want to get kind of political, but prayers go out to the guys who are, are in Ukraine at the moment because mm, it's, it's very, very scary times. So if we do have any Ukraine listeners or anywhere around the world, stay safe and hopefully uh, families and friends are safe. And uh, we're praying for you. Um, and we'll be back next week. We might do a guest episode next week. If not, it'll just be me and guys talking about hitting long drives and getting free golf balls. Yeah, as always. Peace. <laughs> Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.